All right, thank y'all. Appreciate y'all joining in to the uh, Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. Um, this is the second episode that I'm actually doing via Zoom, which gives me the opportunity to be able to bring people in without having to be face-to-face with them, which is a benefit to me and a benefit to you. So this time, we got a second-time guest on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, but this time, I got him on video instead of being right across from me. Y'all get off my boy, the internet sensation, the writer extraordinaire, the dude that's um, on episodes that's on TV currently right now. I can't be more proud of this dude, man. Y'all give it up for my boy Ryan Davis. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Bruh, I ain't even gonna lie. I didn't know you remembered I'd been on your podcast before. Of course, of course. <laughs> The thing about it was when we talked the last time you were it was early though. It was early on. Yeah. And I remember uh, us talking about me validating how much of a writer you were. You were not an internet dude. Like that wasn't your background. That's not where you came from. And if anybody was going to be able to tell him, was somebody that was going to be able to tell him that saw him in the streets. And when I say saw you in the streets, that means at the open mics, yeah. the clubs, trying to get time. You know, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, nah, you saw the you saw the heartache days, nigga. Let me please let me get some time. Please. <laughs> right. I mean, it's funny because you know, we we um we we think about where we are or, or what our everyday is like on the stages or trying to get time or trying to test out a bit. Um, that's not the stuff that's glamorized. That's not the stuff that people look at. That's not the stuff that people recognize why this dude is so comfortable at what he does. It's because he was he was he was so happy to get the three minutes that they gave him that he didn't waste it. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. I wish there was a way to get the general public to understand how difficult comedy is and maybe they'll appreciate it more. But the general public in general just does not care about comedy like that. They care about celebrity. Right. So <laughs> if you're a celebrity, then they may care enough to watch the comedy documentary. But if you're a celebrity comic, there's, you ain't living the regular comedy life. You don't know nothing about <laughs> the everyday comedy life. Having Dave Chappelle talk about do a comedy documentary would make no sense. Right. On any stage he wants to and be up there for as long as he wants to, and no one will say anything. That is not our life. <laughs> nah, that's not. And and I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. So I'm gonna tell you the difference between um, a celebrity comic and someone who doesn't have a fan base. Because we could talk about those differences now. Because you actually have a fan base, mm-hmm. and I don't. I have fans, but I don't have a fan base. Like my base ain't filling up a room uh, unless they all in the same place at the same time. And I would need twelve to twenty states everybody together to fill up the room. <laughs> so, so, but they loyal. They loyal now. Oh, they, they believe in Jay Bliss now. Yeah. I mean, like them every timers, man. Like, even, <laughs> it even feel different for me when people would be like, hey, man, I'd be like, thanks for coming out to the show. And they'd be like, this is my fifth time seeing you. I was like, dang, I've been here only five times. You came every time? Every yeah, time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and so I would tell you like this, um, the latitude that you get or the the um, the acceptance of a joke that might not even be as polished as you wanted to be and oh. to have the fan base hear that is almost like, all right, 
Yeah, they laughing because they, they fans. But let me get in front of a group that don't know me and see where that polished material gets me, you know, or unpolished material gets me. So that's where that grind come in at. When you want those three minutes and you get that three minutes on stage and don't nobody know who you are. They here to see Ryan Davis. And I'm just, you know, hey, man, I, I, I've been doing comedy for five years, man. Can I get five minutes? So he got to get five minutes in front of your fully packed audience and he got to do some polished material to see if it works. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's different because when you're in front of an audience where everybody's your fan, it's like, it's like Richard Pryor. Something about, I hope your Uber driver raped you or something. I remember she said something like that. Nene and Lee it was said that exactly. And that ended her career. Right, right, right. But let's just say for instance, if that was Richard Pryor, right? Yeah. They would have been like, oh, that's just Richard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 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 there would have been no, it would have been no, it would have been no repercussion. You know what I'm saying? It would have been no repercussion. They were and like, it, having a bad night. He must be upset. He yeah. Must, he must be upset. <laughs> right, right. And then see, like, so, like, like, for instance, that situation that happened with Needy Leaks and the fact that it did cause such a backlash, it's because you didn't get the five years or four years or three years have open mics or in rooms testing out material, dealing with hecklers, and having somebody pull you to the side like, hey, man, when them people messing with you like that, you can't say stuff. Nobody can pull you to the side like that when you got your own fan base already. Nope. You man, know what I'm saying? Well, listen, I can get on stage and smile at my audience and they'll start laughing. If I just stand there, don't say nothing, and just smile at them and look around the room, They'll be like, hi, he's so silly. I right. love it. I said, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, this ain't fair. This ain't even, you know what I mean? It's, I love my fans to death, but at the same time, I'm like, this ain't a work night. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so let me ask you, I mean, since, since that is the situation now, where do you get your work? Like, where do you feel like you are working? Um, one way you can find your way to work is do all your hard hitting stuff up front and then spend the rest of your set trying to beat it. Okay. Um, all right. One way to do it. Another mm. way is to, you know, go up and do guest spots in a room where you know, don't nobody know you. Mm -hmm. Or even if they know of you do like, I remember, uh, my homegirl Jess Hilarious came through Charlotte and I did a guest spot on her show and I did all political material. I knew her audience in no way, shape, or form wanted to hear any political material, so I did all political for, <laughs> for my whole time. Right. And that's how I get the work in. If I can get these people that I know don't want to hear it to laugh at it, then I'm, then I'm d doing the right kind of work. Right, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean that's be, that's, you really got to be smart to be able to challenge yourself, to be able to know, you know where, where to take that or how to get people to even think that way because sometimes you don't know your audience like you know you are you kind of knew a background and you knew just hilarious what the audience was going to be but yeah. that's difficult in itself but you know we used to do things we used to challenge each other at open mics and we would try to piss the audience off for two minutes and then try to get them back in the last five that's what i was going to say i do that in la anytime i do <laughs> anytime i do uh the comedy store when i go in the belly room i right. spend the first beginning of my set saying stuff that I know they don't like right and then and then I spend the rest of the time trying to make all that make sense and make them laugh at it right right that's difficult man and that's that's a good uh that's a good exercise and um so tell me um 
I don't know remember quite our, our podcast, but I'm going to talk about it now because it's a little bit different. Um, you did have a, a, a viral explosion that happened. And uh, if, if people don't know how it happened, I know you were doing videos first. And, and correct me if I'm wrong at any point of this. You were doing videos first. You were doing stand-up at the same time. You kind of left the videos alone, worked on your craft, got that right, and then you kept hearing people talking about, you got to get online, you got to get your videos, you got to do this, you got to do that. You was like, all right, I'm going to go back and do my videos again. Yeah, I started doing videos in like 2011, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I started stand-up in 2013 right? because I wasn't doing videos no more. And I, and I was like, you know, stand-up is what I really want to do anyway. Right. But I enjoyed making videos for fun. So at the end of 2015, I was like, sure, let me make these video content. Plus, that's when the internet guys, they started letting them play comedy clubs. So I was like, nah, let me get, let me, let me get in on this or whatever. Because I ended up opening for like DC Young Fly. And he had sold out a theater. And he he was like, bro, I ain't been doing no stand up. I got maybe 15 minutes. I've been working in the A, you know, he been hitting all, he was hitting all open mics or whatever, but you know how long it takes to build an hour, bro. It's not. Absolutely. It, yeah. It, it takes a long time. A right. long time. Many reps. It takes a lot of reps. I can't yep. say how many, how long time wise. It, it just depends on how many times you get on stage in whatever amount of time. Right. And uh, I was like, man, we were performing in a, uh, in a theater, bro. We were, it was not a comedy club. He was selling out the theater, and I was like, yo, I got to figure this out. Right. I got to figure this out. But um, I went viral immediately when I came back. But the difference was I was making videos before. Right. And now I know how to tell a joke. Right. You know, I'm not just ranting on, you know what I mean? Niggas are saying whatever I think is funny. I know how to put it together. And then so na- and then I by then I knew how to uh, edit videos and everything. It was like. It was just perfect timing, man. Right, right. I mean, it was it was a perfect storm, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so and and so I would say this. I know you you it went immediately. You said the viral thing went immediately. immediately. And I guess when you see when you see those numbers climbing like that, are you? Is it like a oh shit moment, or is it like it's something wrong? Like you know what I'm saying? Like what is it? What is it like? I was terrified. Right. Because I went from making videos because I wanted to, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to make the videos I like, to now there's people with expectations. Right. I ain't never had nobody expect nothing of me. <laughs> <laughs> now these people are tuning in because they they, they see you as funny. Right. So expecting you to be funny every time. And the and the only reason they know you is because of something that went uber viral. So I'm right. like, <laughs> do they expect me to be uber viral funny every time? Or do they right. just like my particular brand? You start freaking out. Don't nothing. I'm telling you, as soon as you taste success, it's scarier than anything you ever did before. Because like, it's just a different feeling. It's a different expectation. You know right. what I mean? And right. dealing with expectations. So I had to get back in the mindset, like, look, man, you just love doing this. Do it because you love to do it. 
Right. And I kept cranking them out, man, and I just kept going viral over and over. And it and it and now, just in hindsight, I realized there was nothing on the internet like me. There was nothing yeah. on the internet like yeah. me. Yeah, but you got to think. You got to think, and then so you didn't have anything to base it off of. Now you have, I don't know, tons. I don't know, hundreds, thousands of people trying to copy or imitate exactly yeah. what you do. Everybody um, tried to do, like so many people try to do what I do. I was like, but at the time, there was no black person talking about stuff that was going on in the world, like side by side screen, who was, who was, you know, you know, we're articulate, you know what I mean? And we have, we have finesse with the way that we use our words and everything. There was nothing out there. I wasn't doing no just fortuitous roasting, just, oh, just saying crazy stuff about it. I was making points, but being right. funny and, and there was just nothing out there like me. Right. Right. And that, and that's, and that's good. I mean, it was a, it was a lane for it. It was uh, needed and it was humorous because it was one, it's one thing to talk about a whole bunch of political things and talk about things that's going on in our society and not have a joke, just be serious. And some people turn that off quick. You know what I'm saying? But when you got jokes coming behind it, people are going to be like, yo, that's funny. You know what yeah. I mean? I just hit 2 million followers. So, ah, there we go. Hey, and it broke, it broke on the podcast. There oh. we go. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Oh, hey. Thanks, bro. So you just got two million. I, it just happened, bro. I was it's at two million four hundred and twenty-three. That's what's up, man. Like it just happened today. That's what's up, man. And so yeah, you get <laughs> you guys see that's and then that's the thing, man. It's like um it's like you you never know what's going to happen, but that's I always tell people be prepared for the success when it comes. And oh my God, yes. Yeah, Bruh, that's so important. Keep preaching at the people. Because mm -hmm. I was not my guy. I was like, this is this was the plan. No, it was game plan, though. I said, first year videos, I want to gain 10,000 followers. Right. When my first video went viral, I gained 20,000 followers <laughs> right there. And I was like, I don't know who, what this is. I don't right. know who, what this is. And, and I kept going. Dude, when I hit 50,000 followers, I started crying, dog. Yeah. I started crying. Because I know how the game is. And I knew my life was about to change. Right. It was about to change. I was no longer, because uh, Patrice O'Neill always said, if you have 100,000 real fans, you'll work forever. That's, you know what? That make a lot of sense. And that's dope, too, because, and you know what? If you think about that, you don't have to do a lot of traveling if you have that many fans. You really don't. I mean, nope. you can, but you can work a lot smarter and yeah. not harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can work a lot smarter and not harder. And then you, when you got that type of situation, you can cancel Sunday shows. You're like, I don't do Sundays. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you, can, you can be like, I'm doing Friday, Saturday. Oh, that's it. I'm out. I'm out of town after that. You know what I mean? You have, when you have a fan base like that, then you can really do one-nighters, you know what I mean? Hit a city early in the year, hit the city back late in the year. You're going to get a different group of people. Right. You know what I mean? And some of the same. Right. You know what I mean? People are going to tell other people about you. Right. Whatever. Like, I'm telling you, you get 100,000 loyal, you know what I mean? That's that's what, 200 people over 50 cities? Right. That's dope, man. I mean, listen, I don't envy it 
I mean, I wish it was, I wish it was me, but I'm happy as you. I saw it. You know what I mean? I saw it when you walked past me with the who is Ryan Davis, who the hell is Ryan Davis shirt on. Yeah. And I said, this dude, this dude got his own name on his shirt. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was oh, like, that, that, that shit is arrogant as hell. Yeah, I was so different. And I think people didn't know how to read it instead of just asking me what it was. But I just remembered somebody saying, like, I got to be on my own team, man. If I don't believe in me, you can't expect other people to believe in you. Well, here's the thing, right? So, so, and it's the thing. I mean, when I saw it, I didn't take offense to it. I'm just like, yo, this dude arrogant. I said, I'm, I know I'm arrogant, but damn. Yeah, you nice. are. Too. I was like, I wish you would just put it on me. It's nah, both. <laughs> I'm, I'm arrogant too, but you gotta be. I mean, you gotta be because, and 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 that's the important thing you said when you say it's an individual sport because you know, you, when I met you, you wasn't with nobody. No, you was you was rolling in solo, solo, oh, and right. I, you was just like, oh, what's up. And I was like, okay, it's easy for somebody that just started in the game. I think you was, you might have been in it like two years, maybe three. I don't know, maybe two years. And maybe two. Yeah, and you wasn't with nobody. And even at two years, I probably would have been hanging with somebody. But I still, it, two years in, I was married. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't hanging with dudes. I was walking in, doing my set, and going back home. You know what I mean? So, you know, for you to be able to recognize that, you know, is, is good but the other good thing is the fact that you didn't hang with as many people as most comedians do when they first start out they wasn't expecting nothing yeah like and i also learned i like actually the funny part is i wanted to be accepted and i just wasn't mm -hmm. and now in hindsight i realized all of them did me a favor because you know the hangout with comedians most of the time just be unproductive hangouts right Right. Well, unless unless you with somebody that has uh, foresight and they and you they're talking about things that they want. No, no, no. When me, you, and Marvin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that wasn't nothing. I wasn't doing nothing but soaking up game out there. Right, right. <laughs> but that was that with me, you, and Marvin. That was more of us seeing. We saw what you had to prepare for. Yeah. Like, like you had already had that buzz. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. what me and Marvin was doing was. Come on, let let us tell you what we learned now, so that when you go out there, you don't fall flat on your face. And yeah. our, our conversation is more or less like because I had never been nowhere at that point. I just had right. the buzz. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, so the, the crazy thing about that was we knew. See, what you've experienced, we haven't. Right, we've we've only said. This is what we want, but see, we have all the 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 road work to be able to say, yeah, I can do that. But yes. you was getting thrown in there, and we was like, yo, listen, this is what you got to do, right? <laughs> so we were trying to tell you, we were trying to tell you like simple stuff, like, yo, dude, wait for the check drop. You was like, what? Why? Why that matter? Be like, yo, that's important doing your set, and you, because here's the thing, you never had to do the check drop. Ever. You was out. You was a feature at that point. I was featuring, yeah. Which is which is the sweet spot that people that don't know. This is the you can't do no wrong in the feature spot. I featured for three months and then became a national touring headliner. <laughs> like it did not. My feature work did not last long, bro. I did not even get used to featuring before it was like and check drop was like to somebody one. I felt like I was jumping in the headline in a bit early. 
mm-hmm. you know, but it was because I tried to be people's features and the word didn't get out to the next level of people to allow me to open for them. They were going to see me as an internet person or they maybe they were going to see me as somebody trying to use them to elevate me when in right. fact, I just wanted somebody to take me under their wing. Right. And hit I the road. And yeah, hit that road. Yeah. Hit but that I, road. I couldn't do it because everybody I knew was on the uh, on the feature headline. You know, it wasn't nobody headlining everywhere. Right. Like, I was, you was on the cusp. And yeah, that's what you're gonna get. That's what you're gonna get where you were, like in Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, in Charlotte, like it took me a long time to be able to get to just straight headliner, right? But even now, I don't headline every club. But here's the thing: I can. But the but thing about thing. right, if you were where you were now, I probably wouldn't have jumped out. I would have been like, "Yo, Jay, can you take me with you?" We right. Can try to, you know what I mean? Right. We use me to try to sell more tickets or whatever, but I need the reps. I need right. reps, right, but I didn't right. have that at the time. And you know, Marvin was with Ricky, so he was a feature. Uh-huh. So I know. So I just jumped out there, bro. I had to just jump out there. You, you, but you know what? But you didn't have time to wait either. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we, we that's why we had to pull you to the side. Like, look, man, you got to get your next 15. Because you, yeah, had, you had the solid 30. You had, had the solid 30. We was like, all right, you got 30. But listen, you got to get your next 15, right? And you got to be prepared for the check drop. And you was like, wow. And I, <laughs> I was like, and Marvin was just laughing. We was like, yeah, wait till that check drop happen. That dude ain't going to know what happened. He was like, why they ain't paying attention? Like, because they the check drop. You know what I mean? soul, bro, because I was early in the headline. I was already worried about, you know, where the, was the 15 that I added, the 15, 20 that I added? Was that working or whatever? I'm already insecure about everything. Right. I'm new to it. And then check drop just ruined my self-esteem completely. I was like, that ain't funny to y'all. I look. Looking at me. It's not you. And, it's, and that's the thing. Most headliners already know what I do during the check drop. I can't be too involved with this joke. It's got to be something lighthearted and something that don't hurt my feelings if they don't pay attention. You know what I mean? But then here's the thing. The funny thing is, is so you know what your 30 was at that time, and you was killing it with that 30, even even though it was meant for a mainstream audience, right? Yeah. That 30 minutes, right? How much bullshit was that other 15? Nigga. <laughs> uh, nigga, it was... It was, it was really, it was worked out. It was right. worked out. I went right. I came home, hit all the mics to work it out. So I wasn't, I wasn't freestyling. This was right. all shit, but it was new. I'm talking brand new. Right. We, no, I ain't talking about working it into your old material to find possible <laughs> new tags. Or right, right. It. it was still in its beginning shape. Right. <laughs> Every joke was in its beginning form. And that's guts. Yeah. Going out on stage with a new 15 behind or in front of yeah. the stuff you knew that already worked. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's like it's like for somebody to come to me and tell me, Hey, I need you to go out there and do 15 minutes on Saturday. Today is Tuesday. I need you to go out there and do new 15 minutes on Saturday, and I need it to be all brand new. <laughs> now at that moment, I'm rolling tape. I am rolling tape, right? But I know seven of it going to be crowd work. I already know. <laughs> it's going to be eight minutes of great jokes. And when I say great, I mean stuff that I feel confident that I can deliver with confidence. 
And the other part of it is going to be, what you say? Why are you laughing so hard? You know, like. <laughs> so I did go into the audience more than usual. I, right. I didn't do any, but I started asking audience members yes or no questions. Right. Just set up. Because those are the easiest things to get to whenever. Layups. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was doing stuff like, I was doing stuff like, uh, your girl let you tie her up, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, I was like, why can't you answer? What is It's that type. It's organized crowd work. Right, I right, right. No, you can only say yes or no, or right? Not answer and just have something for it. And it looks like every every so everybody in the room is like, oh, this nigga quick. And I'm like, right, no. right, right, no. right. I'm right. letting you fill out the survey that I've already put together. Right, and it's buying me time. Right, so it was that type stuff too. Yeah, but then, but then the gym, the gym in that, the gym in doing something like that is there are times that something so funny happens during that interaction that is something that you can recreate every and time to happen every show. Yeah, and now it seems more organic than it does trying to filter it out. And now you're not asking, not now you're not asking the question. Now you're setting up the punchline. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like uh, I think I used to do a joke about uh, the, the retarded. I used to say something about retarded. And I used to say, did you know it was three different definitions of the word retarded? And then uh, the person would be like, nah. I'm like, see, most retarded people don't know that. And <laughs> it's like it's like that, that happened during the show. And now that was like, all right, now I got to find a way to recreate that each time. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are the type of things that happen. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um I got saved a lot because a lot of my jokes cause reactions. Right. And and then when I knew that I was, you know, headlining, well, normally when, when I would ignore any noise the audience made, I'd go, okay, let's jump into it a little bit. We could kill some time. Right. You know what I mean? We right. could kill some time. Because even if you got 45, it's 45 if you're winning. If one part of that 45 doesn't win, you're back to 40. So. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And that's, that's, that's amazing that you say that because it's been such a long time since I've been at 45. Um, and I remember that struggle. I remember that, <laughs> that, that, that stretching out and I'm going too fast and, oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm almost, almost done and I still got 25 minutes. You know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? That panic. Um, and, but then, like, when you have, when you have, and, and right now, I think, I, honestly, I feel like, I, I know I can. I know I can stand on stage for an hour and 45 minutes, um, joke to joke, back to back, no breaks, um, at a fast pace. And, yeah. and with all the material that I feel comfortable doing on stage, right? This, yeah. was, this was three weeks ago, though, before we got to this, because now I don't know if I know my best joke. I don't even um, know if I remember all my jokes, bro. I know I don't I, know my setups. Yeah. Right. Somebody, I was talking to somebody online um the other night and they said told me one of my their favorite jokes of mine. And I sat there for two minutes and couldn't remember how to start that joke. <laughs> and I was like, I, I I said, all I know is the punchline. Like I don't know how that joke even started. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was just like, I was like, this how long how long has it been? When's the last time you've been off stage this long? Never. See, that's what I'm saying. Now Never. you you trying to 
You trying to tell gone, me that with two months without being on stage, that's that's unheard of. That's just stupid. If you're a career comedian, that's just stupid to do. Now tell me, <laughs> tell me how you think this train wreck is going to happen when this when everything opens back up. It's going to be awful, man. It's going to be awful. To be honest with you, and nobody knows how the public is going to react. Right. Nobody right. knows the people are going to just jump out and go out. Nobody right. knows if it's going to be a slow build. Nobody knows if the virus will kick again. The uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Nobody, yeah. No one yeah. knows. So we just got to sit here and just hope for the best. My that's why I was like I'll find I've been trying to find different avenues to do business to to stretch it out man I was supposed to shoot my special this year you talking about disappointment yeah oh, yeah and you the you the you the third comedian you the third comedian I talked to since this happened I was supposed to shoot a special this year yeah now luckily I was able to get mine done in January lucky 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 dog and that, and it's dry bar so I got dry bar coming out. Uh, this quarter, so let me know so I can so I can push that. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And I I, I was able to uh, figure out TikTok, so I joined. And I will tell you this: I was hesitant, but I got more people to view my comedy clips on TikTok than I have for Instagram, YouTube, Facebook combined yeah i got on tiktok today and i was like am i missing it am i missing am i missing the bus because this is one dude he's a talented dude i uh see his stuff on instagram he doesn't have a big following right and he went to tiktok boom it's like tiktok allows people to really see you even if you don't have a large following it's really if you like don't have a large following i had a joke uh, my ninja practice joke. Yeah. I posted it. It's been up for two days. It's been getting 10,000 views a day. You see what I'm... Bruh, no other platform allows you that... So two of- two days, I got 20... I'm up to 20,000 views, right? And I looked online and they got this algorithm that happens, whereas if someone starts viewing it, they will continue to put it on more people's pages to see where the following is coming from. And then somebody from TikTok will look at it, view it again, and then make a decision whether to put it on everybody's page. Okay. And that's how it works. So I got a friend of mine, another comedian friend of mine. He has videos that go up and some of them get 200 views, some of them get 1,000 views. He has one video that he doesn't even like that's at 2 million. Yep. This dude, he got 870,000 followers. Right. When he jumped on TikTok. Cause the stuff right. there is good. It's good. All it has to be is good. Yeah. All it has to be is good, and cause yeah. people watch it, and the ball will roll. And, and but it, but it, here's the thing, right? It don't gotta be good. Cause no, no, there's no, some no, stuff no. that's good. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you know, on the other platforms, you can do something good, and it don't matter because you don't have the following already. At least right. TikTok gives you. The probably gives you the most fair chance of people seeing your stuff than other places. Yeah. Because even Facebook, Facebook allows you to share, but people on Facebook rather rip your stuff 
and posted themselves. Absolutely. They won't give him credit. Like, look at Tony Baker. Like, look at Tony Baker and look at the fact that his his raccoon video went viral from somebody else's page until he realized he needed to put his own name on that voiceover. You understand what I'm saying? And it was crazy because now his voiceovers are crazy. Like, his animal voiceovers are probably the funniest thing online. Now, granted, there's other people that do some, and that's some that I've seen that other people done that I've been cracking up laughing. But he sell out shows. Yeah, bro. He do this one as a gorilla. Is a gorilla going around beating on his I'm shit. The, I'm the one that started getting it. Uh, <laughs> regular backs. Right. I'm the one who started singing with the rope in his mouth. Right, I'm right. The one who took it and then laid it out. <laughs> <laughs> the one that, I think the one that got me laughing most is um when he did um when he did the Black Panther. And he was like, the Black Panther has the largest selling sales in the video. If all movies of all time, and then the Lion came and knocked him off the ledge, he's like, it ain't better than Lion King player. And that joint was so – he's like, man, I said no challenge today. Well, I was like – Nah, the dude – and you see the difference? Like, he still knows premise setup punchline. Right. He can you on top of the voiceovers. So even when everybody else is doing voiceovers, it's cool, but they not gonna have the punches that he has. Right. The top. That's why I never really cared when a bunch of people started doing the type of videos I do. Because yeah, you still you still gonna have to out comedy me. You right, <laughs> and that's and that's and that's the part that's the part that people don't get. It's like um, this is what we do. You know what I mean? Like I did a voiceover. I did I did I did a, my first voiceover uh, or second voiceover uh, a week ago. I did uh, it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> and I did a voiceover, uh, and they were arguing about uh, the song Triumph from Wu-Tang Clan. And when I posted it, people was hitting my inbox like, dude, that's stupid funny, right? No shares. And I go, it's funny to you, but you won't share it, right? So here's the crazy thing. So I'm just going to put it out there. And once I put it out there on TikTok, I'm going to wait and see what followers come in who are going to look at it. But it's going to be strangers that send that thing out there that's going to cause the, the comeback to be like, yo, this is funny. You know what I mean? So right. it's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I just gained a thousand followers on Twitter because Carlos Miller retweeted me. I've been on Twitter forever. Ain't nobody right. giving me no attention, no butt. Right. right. He retweeted it. He didn't even say nothing about the video. He didn't say, y'all look at this. This is funny. He's retweeted it. And, and then all of a sudden you get a thousand followers. I got a thousand followers. I was like, y'all are terrible. And then this is what blew my mind too, how all these places are their own place. Some there was people in the comment section going, Who is this dude? I've never seen him before. I was like, I got like a billion views. There ain't even a billion people in America. Hey, hey, listen, so yeah. these worlds like Twitter, Twitter is all right. Answer me this question. And you probably have to be on all platforms at all times, right? But isn't it true that sometimes you just don't don't mess with certain ones. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I went through a phase where I was on Twitter only. Then I went through a phase where I was on Instagram only. I was on Facebook only. That's why it's so far away from my other stuff. Now I'm more interested in Instagram. I'm going to try TikTok, though. I'm going to try to get, I'm gonna get on TikTok, and I'm going to just flood TikTok with my content. Here's it's the thing. So it's only a minute. That's, the, that's yeah. as far as you can go as a minute, right? So yeah. just take the stuff 
clip it down for a minute, and, and put it out there. And that's all I've been doing. I've been taking stuff. I've, I've been taking full jokes that's two minutes long and only putting the, the funny part in and just sending it out there. I don't even care if I don't get to the punchline. I just send it out there. Because it's, <laughs> like, it's like, what you going to do at that point? You know what I mean? I got stuff that I want to do with my girls. I want to do with my daughters. Um, but I don't want to get into the whole dance challenge and, and stuff because that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to keep it where it's like me and my daughters having conversations or me telling a joke or me putting an opinion out there or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's a situation where I ask a question and tell people to put the answer down in the comments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those type of interactions, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, I mean, who knows? But it's funny because if I do, if I do end up getting a following out of TikTok, I'm like, look, man, are y'all going to buy tickets or not? You like that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only That's thing that I want to know. That's the part that be making me mad too. Because <laughs> people who you give all this free content to, you know what I mean? Act like you owe them. I'm like, I've been giving to you. You haven't given me anything in this anything. relationship. Anything. All, all you've done is take, 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 take. That's all you've done. I'm right. give, 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 give. So, like, I took this deal. I let the, I let somebody else post on my page. Somebody gave me a bag to post on my page, right? Uh -huh. And my fans was like, somebody was like, say something today, like, man, you a sellout. You ain't never post no stuff, no commercials, no ads on your page. Now you do it all the time. And I'm just sitting here like, instead of complaining, won't you outbid the people, the advertisers? Won't you That's outbid? it. I promise you, if you give me more money than they give me, right. you'll never see another ad. Right. You'll never see another ad. Right. And I, I mean, <laughs> I can't I can't get mad at anything because here's the thing. If they was if the ball was in their court, what would they do? Bruh, I didn't monetize for years because I didn't want to do it, bro. Didn't want to do it. I was like, I wouldn't bother with it, bruh. I did it. I was just putting little compilation videos together here, there, drop a video here and there. Bro, I made 10 grand in a month, right? And that's just me posting conservatively. So I was like, yo, I'm about to start posting every day and see what it does then. Right. Because, and if you don't want me, if you're my fan and you don't want me to have access to that money, you ain't in my fan then. I don't nah, you're not at all. You know what I'm saying? But but you know, like, like I say, everybody always want to come up with a reason or, oh, oh man, you sold out or, or you ain't you ain't keeping it real. And I go, dude, until you in our situation, here's the crazy thing about it. This is your job. You got to do what you got to do to make money. money every day, right? Like you get paid every day that you go to work, but you sitting at home, right? And you going to do these shows. And what are you doing on Thursday? Did you do anything to make money today? You know, that's the question you got to ask yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to eat every day, but everybody else got all these all these answers. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, dude, let this man do what he's going to do. Somebody told me, hey, man, you're going to make money doing shows. And that's that's the same thing when I went full-time doing comedy. I'm making show, I'm making money on the weekend. But what about Monday through Monday through Wednesday? What about Sunday through Thursday? What about the week I ain't working? Like that, like, where are you making your money at? You got to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? And some people don't get that. What's next for you, man? Um, well, actually, I'll be doing um, 
I'll be doing a live uh, laugh experience. It'll be me, Chris Spencer, D.L. Hughley on Seek.com. That's C-E-E-K. I saw that. May 15th. What, which date is that now? May 15th. May 15th. Now, how is that? How, is, how do you think that's going to work? What is that? What is it about? Is it, do you get live reaction or is it just you talking in the space? No, they, people can tune in and I believe they can comment live and uh, interact with us. But it's, it's, man, it, it's going to be hilarious. We've done trial, like conference call type, like the Zoom type jump. Right. Oh, man, it's just, it's just funny, dude. Bodacious is part of it. Right. It, it's just a bunch of funny dudes going at it. We're going to have a DJ on there. My man, Clay Coley's on there. And then I'll actually be bringing content to Seek. And Seek is a virtual reality company. Right. So you can get the virtual reality, like, goggles and the, and the, um, and the headphones. I got both. The headphones, I did a, uh, they sent me a video just so I could test the headphones. Right. The headphones put you in the video. The headphones actually has vibration on them. So there's a part where they just saw a guy mixing a drink. It sounds like he's shaking it around your head. Wow. They're, yeah, like he's around you like this. They right. do, they're just showing you all the stuff you can. But, and then the goggles actually put you in the venue, like you watching a concert and they're on stage. You can look at them. You can look at everybody in the band. You can look at the exits. It like you're, it's like you're in it. Cool. And, and it was uh, created by this uh, black rocket scientist, man. Um, yeah. She's, she's a genius. And uh, man, I cannot wait. I've already came up with the content I'm going to put on there. Right. You know, and the ideas and, they they've already agreed to put money behind it and everything. Right. So I'm I'm about to have my own show on the internet, dog. It's, That's it's dope. Crazy. And it's gonna be in virtual reality. So it's That's dope, man. That's yeah, dope. It's new frontier, man. So I know I know you uh you 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 uh you tape for Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah and also for Insecure. Yep. And both of those air yeah. this year. Okay. Yep. Uh, Curb's already aired if you want right. If you got HBO Go, it's on there. It's uh, season 10, episode 8. Right. Also, my set that I did on All Deaf Comedy on HBO, that's still on HBO Go. I'm episode 4. Uh, and Insecure, <laughs> what episode are we on Insecure? Is it 4 or 5 was the last episode? Do you know? No? I think I'm episode 6, though. I might be next week. I might be on the very next episode. And if it's not that one, then definitely the next one. So what was it like? What was it like on uh, the set of Curb? Curb was amazing. In the One, this is what I, I never understood the Hollywood, you know, like just the, the magic trick. So we doing this. Uh, we're doing this episode. I'm playing TSA agent. You know, Larry's late. He's passing everybody to get into the front of the line, right? Right. We're not even in an airport, dog. Right. They have literally turned this building into an airport. I go to airports all the time, bro. You cannot tell the difference. They have everything that you would see in an airport. They have made it mobile and transported it into this building for one scene. I was like, geez, 
Right. The budget you guys have. I had on a real TSA, a real TSA uniform. They made me a real name tag with a real fake name with my picture, scan badge, everything. They had the official everything. Right. And I was like, for a scene? A scene. For a scene. Right. And then, but the beauty of it is, they go, all right, this is going to happen. This is the interaction that's going to happen. There's. <laughs> Boy, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a dramatic cry right there. Like you got, yeah. you, you got babies, boy. That, that, yeah. that cry before she meant yeah. that. Like <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing has happened. Nothing could have happened that caused the cry like that. Shorter than, shorter than a TV falling on you. Yo, like, man, listen, yeah, like, I'm going to tell you something, man. Kids are dramatic. I mean, dramatic. And then, like, I tell my kids, and my kids are 12 now, but they still dramatic. And I'd be like, listen, calm down. It's not that serious. Stop with all the theatrics. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why I made that face. It's just, like, y'all are hearing me, but he can actually see my face. My face, she took it so overboard. I don't care what happened. I can step on a nail and not feel like what she's doing. So, all right, so you saw the scene that you did. Yes, and on Curb, there's uh -huh. the script. They just go, they would just go, Ryan, you're upset with Jay because of this. Jay, you not having it. Go. Wow. So how many times did they take? Oh, you do a lot. It's single cam, so you do a lot. And because you're writing the script as you go. So if you right. hit something that's out of the park, when you come back, they're like, do make sure you say that again. Though. Right, you right. Still, you still work freely within the other stuff, but say that again. Okay, got you. Or they might just go ramble because we can because they can edit it and clip it together. Just ramble, mm -hmm. ramble, ramble, ramble. So you so it was a, so it was no strip. They just they just go and they just say, all right, that's that's a that's a good that's a cut. We good. We good. And yeah. then you don't know what's gonna happen. Have no idea what the finished product is going to be. You have no idea. It's all one hundred percent up to the director in the editing room. You have no idea. Wow. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So when you did uh, Insecure, did you have to go read for that part? Or did somebody call yeah. you and be like, nah, we got a part for you? Nah, man. Uh, the funny part is I got curbed because I read for a different part. I read for a different part, knocked it out of the park. They were like, I guess they were like, not for this, but we do like them. So bring them in for something else. Cool. Insecure. And when you read, when you read, you read for something on curb, or you read for something totally different. It was the same thing. It was curb. It was on curb, but it was for a different role on a different okay. episode. But, okay. but I knocked it out of the park. But I guess they just was like, maybe they had two or three people knock it out of the park, and they were like, "Shit, we can use this nigga somewhere else." So cool. I got the part for something I didn't even audition for, based off an of audition for something else. Insecure, right. I auditioned for something, didn't get it, got called back to audition for something else. Cool. So, yeah, it's just you just never know how it's going to turn you out. never know, man. That's dope, man. It's dope because I like both of those shows. You know what I mean? Both yeah. of those shows is dope. And it was, but then, and that, like, was, that was important to me. It was easy for me because I didn't have to go, all right, my fans, go check me out on this, knowing it would be something that they go, 
Oh, I, I can't, Ryan. I I, I want to see you on TV, but I can't watch this. Right. But if you but if you rock with me, these are some things you would be watching anyway. So it it fits me. So it makes sense how I got how I got the role because even with the insecure thing, when I saw the lines and I saw like the breakdown, I was like, oh, this is me. Right. I right. just gotta do me, and I was the difference. Like this is so the funny thing with auditioning is. Anytime I'm auditioning for comedy, my confidence is through the roof. No matter how much acting background I do or don't have, like Kirby Enthusiasm, that was my first audition. And I got right. the role that I got. Right. right. So, but Insecure, I went in there and I heard other niggas auditioning. And I was like, ooh, they don't have comedic timing. These are just niggas that come. I was like, oh. I was like, wait till they hear what I, my how I view this character doing this, right? Because it's all left to your interpretation. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wait till they get a load of the way I do this. Right. Right. And I had everybody in the room laughing. I walked out. I called my homegirl Danielle. I was like, yo, I think I'm gonna get it. I swear, I think I'm gonna get it. And I ended up getting it. It was crazy. Yeah. And see, and the thing about it is, I feel like comedians are more, more prepared for acting because we were on stage, we're performing anyway. Yeah. So our performances are based on audience's reaction or we do change inflection in our voice or change how a joke starts or say it a different way in order to get the laugh. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's all a part of, of who we are. If somebody came to me and told me, um, say, uh, whose baby is this? But say it in a funny way. And yep. I walk over and be like, uh, who baby is this? And they be like, nah, say it in a funny way. Then you'd be like, whose baby is this? And then they'd be like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you like, like uh, I can try to be funny, but you got to give me what's going on about this baby first. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem I have with auditioning for comedians. Because I'm like, because they'll do two people sitting down and they go, go and i'm like bro we we i'm gonna give you the best performance ever but we got to be in it put me in it put yeah me. but actors you know what i mean they a lot of them who is classically trained i guess they're really good at acting with no like with nobody giving them no but, direction right direction, but it doesn't matter like i don't think any of that matters because the finished product they're still going to have to <laughs> interact with other people and all the other stuff. Right. So and then like a good, a good, a good director will be able to tell me where I'm, what I'm supposed to be feeling at that time. Like, yeah. you know, your girl, your girl just broke up with you and um, your, your boy trying to go out and you just you be like, nah, man, I ain't. <laughs> so just like I was confident when I did, uh, when I did the insecure thing, I auditioned for a Will Smith movie. Nice. And it was going to be a significant part. Right. I knew I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. Right. I, I heard the dude in front of me. I came in the audition room like, they think it was good. That's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do my audition, but that's the guy. I don't fuck right. with that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and it, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's like I, if I was in a situation like that, I don't know if I would want to hear anybody that went in before me. I'd probably just be like, nah, I just want to go in there. I would say don't do it. Right. Don't do it. It's kind of like it's kind of like comedy. Like like you don't want to see somebody set before you go up. Because sometimes you'd be like, oh, 
you can set yourself out if it's a competition. Yeah. If it's not a competition, if, if it's not a competition, I don't care. And this you is a competition. Mean? And not only right. are y'all competing against each other, you're doing the same set. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that'd be weird as hell. Like, say, for instance, comedy was that way. Like, you had to go up and do the same jokes. Like, yeah. but you had to do your own spin on it, and I had to do my own spin on it. That's and basically what see, it is. Yeah. See who would be funnier. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, for instance, somebody said, like, like I just saw an advertisement for Jill Scott and uh, Erica Badu. Uh, they're going to be battling on the versus thing. Yeah. And the advertisement was them singing each other's songs. They were singing each other's songs. And I was like, yo, that's crazy, right? So how yeah. dope would it be if comedians told each other's jokes? That would be lit. <laughs> like, 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 I'm gonna take, I'll take one of your best jokes and you took one of my best jokes and we just told each other's joke and people be like, yo, that's funny as fuck. But what would be fucked up is if you told my joke better than I did. I'd be mad and say, yo, you know who I'd hate to do something like that with? Who's that? Tony Roberts. Yeah, Tony, yeah, Tony over the top. Yeah. He gonna give your joke an energy that you ain't never gave it. Ain't never thought about doing it. Ass. I'll be standing in the background like a thespian talking about that's not the way it's meant to be told. Like you're like, like you're, you're ruining the essence of where the joke was evolved from. You know what I mean? Like one dramatic pause, you have changed the timing of it. You're so destroying the essence of my joke. Somebody, security, come get this man off the set. Like that, like that would, that's what would happen. I mean, it would be funny, but I think, I think it was something that we mentioned doing when I first started doing comedy, we would workshop it. And I mentioned we should go up and do one of each other's jokes to show the person what else they could be doing to that joke. And um, people thought it was a bad idea because it was kind of promoting joke thievery. And I was like, I don't see it that way. I just... I can't explain to somebody how they're ruining their own joke by continuously telling them they need to punch it up more and them not getting it. You know what I mean? Like if somebody, if somebody's that stubborn, if I'm telling somebody, Hey man, you got to change that, man. You got to punch that up. And they'd be like, man, I'm going to try it. And then they'd never do it. I'd be like, man, let me tell you a joke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you a joke for you. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it's, it's weird though, but dude, I'm going to tell you like this. Um, all the success that you've had, and everything that you have coming towards you, um, dude, I could not have wished to happen for a better person. Like, you're not a jerk. You know what I mean? You've always been humble. You've always been like that dude that, like, can talk to anybody. I think we was on the phone one day after we did that Comedy Zone, John. We was on the phone for two hours and 45 minutes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, and I looked on my phone, and I like, I ain't talked to nobody like this. This nigga, this a dude. Like, I don't need to be talking to this dude this morning on the phone. But it was so real, like, as far as the stuff we was trying to get across. And it was just, like, it was just all this knowledge that yeah. was just coming out. And then us just clashing it all out. You know, there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of uh, admiration. There was a lot of, uh, I guess, I, I would say eye-opening. Yeah, to just like a lot of things that was going on, but it was a it was a needed conversation. That was for sure. I was just like, yo, when I got off the phone, I was like, I feel refreshed. 
I feel like I need to write a whole new 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, man, it was an excellent conversation, man. I find myself doing that with comics, man. I was on the phone with Shantae Wayans forever today. Mm -hmm. it, it, just, it just happens that way, man. And, and, you know, when you get comics who care about the craft mm -hmm. and, and really are, you know, just like to talk about life, mm -hmm. it, those conversations, those two-hour-long conversations become simple. They become right. nothing, you know what right. I mean? Right. And a right. lot of times we view things in a way the rest of the world doesn't get. So whenever you talk to somebody who get it, you're like, nah, then I got some more stuff that I've been wanting to get off my chest. Let me see how you think about this. Yeah. You get it? Oh, man, this is more, I got some more stuff. Because I don't know when the next time I'm going to talk to somebody who get it. <laughs> right. No, and, and that's the thing. Like We was talking about stuff, and I think, I think it was, something was brought up, and you were just like, Yo, let me tell you where it happened. And I was like, oh, you know it? It's like, yeah. And I, said, and I was sitting there like, whoa, that's crazy. So let me let me ask you this. And that's just this is me uh looking from uh the outside view, right? You went viral, that scared you. You was like, yes. shit, like what am I gonna do now, right? What happened? What happened? Who reached out to you that blew your mind? That you was like, what in the hell is going on? Some more. The first time, it was like, because I think some more hit me even before I went out on the road. You posted that, too. I remember that. Yeah, some more. Yeah. Like, You're funny. I was like, nobody can tell me nothing <laughs> you know seen a million niggas try to be funny if right. she says I'm funny I'm funny right it's right like, nobody right. can tell me nothing like right. uh, you know Gary Owens telling you know everybody that followed him that he thinks I'm the most underrated comedian in the world right game right now that was crazy um you know earthquake shouting me out Coco Brown was on, on her own tour. They brought up, yeah, they brought up um, comedy. She made a point to bring me up. It right. didn't matter she was at a radio station. I was never going to see it. No, nothing. It just so happened that Eric Shun is, was our feature that day, and he was recording it, and he sent it to me. Eric Shun. And if anybody don't know who we talk about, this dude is everywhere everywhere and nowhere at the same time i was like dude I, and listen i i don't know eric just be everywhere he probably gonna hear this because eric is everywhere i was in new jersey jersey south jersey i was up there just doing a guest spot just i, I was it i was there for bob summer to do a guest spot that's it right i walk up in the spot I'm in there talking to the other comedians by, near Philly, and Eric walk in. And I said, dude, what are you doing here? Like, and I'm like, why? Why are you here? He goes, man, I thought that was you. And I was like, <laughs> and it was like, I'm like, dude, and it's, it's, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in Atlanta. You could be in Florida. You could be in New York. You could be, this dude will show up out of nowhere every time. So, that's dope that uh that you found that out through there. And what would you say 
what would you say would be a moment in your career that humbled you more than anything else? Oh, man. Humbled me more than I, you know what? I actually appreciate being humbled more than I used to. Mm-hmm. But the bombing at the Omega House was the most humbling <laughs> of my life. Uh, because everybody did well. Everybody. <laughs> so I, I'll explain this to the people that don't know. People that don't know. There's a room um, that has been going on over 20 years in Charlotte. Uh, it's the Omega Sci-Fi Alumni uh, House, and they do comedy every first Friday or the last Friday of the every last Friday. Is the, yeah, last Friday of every single month. And this room has been going on forever. It's a bring your own bag. They in there to laugh. It's jam-packed every last Friday. And most of the time, what the story is, if you ever want to start feeling yourself, go do the Q House and you'll walk out feeling like you're ready to take your next special. Because it's the easiest room to win in. Yes. So I just told y'all that, and what did I say? The you night bombed. I bombed at the <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to bomb at the Q House, right? It really is. I was feeling myself. <laughs> I invited friends and family out. The girl I had a crush on was on the front row. Nigga, <laughs> like, I had just, Tito had asked me personally to do it after seeing me rip somewhere else. Right. So I was really feeling myself. And Tito bet people, you got to do the guest spot a couple times, or whatever, then he'll make you a feature. He saw me rip somewhere else and kicked me straight to feature. So right. I was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, he know I'm going to do, do my thing. Why are y'all leaving? They ain't even talk to you niggas. Just to Tell say, you got, you got two minutes. I got two and minutes. And we're we gonna be done. Listen, my brothers, who I have not seen, <laughs> us four never get to be together ever. These niggas show up for four minutes. I get handed a shot, and niggas take off. Wow! Wow! <laughs> a part of it through a late shot. I didn't even get to take. They didn't take the shot with me. I look, niggas is always going, already going, woo, and I ain't even got my shot yet. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I was about, I was about seven minutes in before I was like, this night is not what I thought it was gonna be. It Man, was, that's bad. I, I knew I was at around 14 minutes. I was looking for Tito. I was like, Tito! Tito! Well, I, I was doing it with my eyes. I was like, I was doing it with my eyes. I was like, Tito! Oh. So it was just, okay. So this was, this was, this was, uh, was this wasn't your first urban room, though. Was yeah. it your first urban? It was? Yeah. Okay, so that so that kind of explains it because it was all mainstream before then. Yes. And then you hit the urban room. I did some urban light, but this was this, that room. Is this urban. was completely yeah, all yeah. black yeah. And see, that's why I tell you, and I told you before, you would have you would have thrived if you had came up during a time where they had Scandalous and Big Chill in Charlotte. Yes. 
Or if I if I had done the Columbia room a few times before I came, Columbia, here. Columbia as well, yeah. Yeah. Columbia, South Carolina as well, man. No doubt, man. Hey, man, I don't want to take no more time away from you and your brothers, man. So listen, what's we going to do? We're going to definitely set this up again. Uh, you will be probably the first person to do three times on the podcast. Oh, but yo, big up to you, man. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we're going to have to do this soon. And uh, look, take care of them babies. And uh, we will be on the road sooner than we think. All right, bro. I appreciate you, Jay, man. And I hope you're right, because I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> oh, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. All right. <laughs> peace out, man. All right, peace.